five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Diary of a Kitty Warrior. Sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. My name is Dee Moore, and I am a stage four kidney warrior. This podcast is dedicated to encourage, educate, and inspire as we explore all aspects of kidney disease, chronic illnesses, and health. If you have any questions or ideas for future topics you would like me to cover, please do get in touch with me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. In today's episode, I'll be joined by my special guest, Paul Bristow. Paul Bristow is the Chief Executive of Kidney Care UK, the leading kidney patient support charity in the UK. Paul has worked in national charities supporting patients with long-term health conditions for the last 15 years and the last six years with kidney patients. Paul talks to me about the charity, its work improving life for patients and their families and his hopes for the future. Hi and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. How are you doing today, Paul? Yeah, I'm doing very well, Dee. Hi and um, thank you for inviting me. It is my honour and my pleasure. When I first was um, diagnosed after I came out of the hospital, I did a search on the internet and I was looking for um, help for charities that were out there that offered help and support. And I came across Kidney Care UK and I personally have benefited from what you offer. And so it is my honour to be able to speak to you today and to be able to speak about the charity and the wonderful work that you're doing. Um, so, yes, thank you so much for agreeing to you know, share this time and, and, and this information with myself and the listeners. So, Absolutely delighted and I'm glad we were able to help just a little maybe. Oh, thank you. Now, I'm aware that there are several kidney charities in the UK what sets Kidney Care UK apart? Well, Kidney Care UK is, is the UK's leading kidney patient support charity. I think what sets us apart is the, is the support we provide every day, helping hundreds of patients and their loved ones live their lives to the fullest they possibly can. I think it's that practical, financial and emotional support that is literally just a phone call or an email away that makes such a real difference to the lives of individuals who, who often do, just need that little bit of extra support to stop them feeling there is nowhere to turn and that helps them feel they have a little bit more control of their lives. Um, I also think it's the fact that we're here to represent the patient voice, to make sure that their voice is heard, you know, whether that's fighting to overturn a welfare appeal, campaigning for change in policy, or working to improve local health and care services. I think sometimes as an individual patient, you feel, can I make a difference? Together, we can make a huge difference. Um, but in all cases, I like to think it's that patients know that they're not alone. No matter how bad things are looking, there's a team there for them and on their side. I think that practical difference we make today, every day, to try to make lives a little bit better, I think that's what sets us apart. That is amazing, you know. Um, Practical help, you know, is so important because you can, you know, it's, it's one thing pointing out what the problem is 
um, and saying, oh, you know, my thoughts are with you, all the best. It's another thing actually supporting somebody on a practical level to work through those challenges. So that's really... No, I, I, I agree with you, Dee. And, you know, the wonderful health professionals that look after patients, um, you know, we know how hard they work and, and how much effort they put in. But, you know, living is more than just keeping your physical health up. Uh, and, and and that support package takes a wider team than just just the health team absolutely i'm very much into you know the holistic model it is the, the mind the body and the spirit you know all together um need support so that's fantastic so my next question is what is your vision as ceo for the future of kidney care uk and what do you hope to achieve <laughs> um well, I, I suppose the obvious answer, although you might call it the flippant answer, is the same for all charities, which is that uh, my aspiration is that we're no longer needed. Um, <laughs> all charities exist actually to put themselves out of business, if you see what I mean. Yeah. You know, um, uh, and that I'd like to think the vision of eventually is we're, you know, we're not needed because the, the support for kidney patients uh, uh, is everything it could possibly be. There's no need um, for, for us to step in and make that difference. Um, but perhaps I ought to give you a slightly more realistic and practical answer to your question. <laughs> but I think I do have a number of things, not exhaustive lists, because there's other things as well. But I, I did think about some of the perhaps three or four top line things I'd like. And I think the first one is really for us to reach and engage with just more patients. Mm-hmm. You know, we want all patients to be aware that we're here and to know the support that's available for them. Um, I think secondly, I'd like to see greater collaboration and partnership working with other charities where working together, we can have a greater influence and make a bigger difference than we could as individuals. You know, in particular, local kidney patient associations where we could maybe combine resources and local knowledge with support available from a national charity. We already do this in a number of places. We partner with the Wessex KPA uh, to help support young adult workers down in Southampton. Um, We've worked with Northampton KPA to fund infrared machines for their dialysis unit. And we work for another example is we work with the Scottish Kidney Federation on a joint conference where where we we can be more effective together. So I think secondly, I'd like to see greater collaboration where we come together with patients right at the center of all that we do. Thirdly, I'd like to work with policymakers and health professionals to really make a difference and deliver greater equity of access to first class psychosocial support uh, from the health and care services that the state provide. You know, and the removal of unwanted variation, um, what some people call a postcode lottery. Why should there be 30 percent of patients who've got access to home therapies in one part of the country? And you go to another part of the country and only 1% have access to home therapies. You know, why can't we have best standards right across the United Kingdom? Um, But the reason psychosocial support is so important is that we all know that well-being is more than just medicine. If you're going to flourish as an individual, it's not a question of existing and just staying alive. And then the final one I thought about was uh, the one that... uh, that we all try so hard to do, which is to raise awareness of kidney disease amongst the wider audience, the public, uh, and, and its impact that it has on people's lives. There is no doubt that the level of awareness amongst the public 
is just not in line with the burden of the disease. Uh, so whether we're working to try to advise Coronation Street to use soap operas to get kidney disease out there, or we're using World Kidney Day to try to get the message out there that you need to understand and know more about your kidneys and how to live health, more healthily for your kidneys, I think is the fourth one. So reach and engage more patients, greater collaboration and support, working in partnership, working with policymakers to really make access to psychosocial support high quality right across the country and then to raise awareness of kidney disease so everyone is more aware of it and takes better care of, them, of themselves. So what would be an example of the kind of policies that you've worked with in the past to give an example? Uh, in terms of policy? Yes. Well, one example might be, for example, the current tariff, you know, the tariff that pays money to the hospitals to run renal services mm -hmm. it doesn't cover counseling services right well if you're not getting paid to deliver counseling you could argue you could understand why maybe a finance director says well we've only just got enough money for nurses and doctors um counselors you'll have to go through your gp uh, in the normal way with the normal waiting times um so that's an example where we might campaign where well, we have campaigned to say that the renal tariff itself, the price paid by the commissioners, should include all those other aspects beyond just physical health doctors and nurses. It should include social workers, um, counsellors, psychologists, all the, all the support that any human being needs to, to live well. I'm passionate about kidney disease prevention and I myself am a low clearance patient. What work are you doing in these areas? I couldn't agree with you more, Dee. It's such an important area. In fact, we've got an ex-trustee who actually delayed his dialysis by two years um, um, just because he was aware of the situation and could manage it through his diet. You know, so, you know, and that's just one example. Um, but I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we've all heard the phrase, the missing millions. We hear about these premature deaths associated with kidney disease because people don't realise. Um, the charity has always been a champion for um, early, early identification, early intervention and prevention. Uh, and we'd like to see all people with kidney disease correctly identified and monitored. Um, so what's our work done to, to answer your question specifically? Well, we've done quite a few projects over the last few years and we continue to do so. Um, we were an advisor on the NHS Think Kidneys program for AKI, which was raising awareness and, and and managing AKI better. Um, we were very much involved in the last CKD audit where we tried to map GP practices data to find out which GPs were actually identifying and, and recording this. Um, um, and, and, and we also went further with GPs. We, we, we developed a partnership with the Royal College to create a strategic alliance to try to, to raise awareness amongst GPs because obviously it's in primary care that many of these checks need, you know, this is where it's going to be picked up. Um, and I think it would be fair to say, without being critical of GPs who have an enormous amount of work to do, knowledge about kidney disease is not at the forefront of most GPs. So we'd like to see far greater awareness there. We have funded specialist nurses to improve pre-dialysis clinics and pathways. Um, so people have a much more managed process uh, and uh, through to, to, to dialysis and the choices 
that, that they make more chance for preemptive um, transplantation if you have a managed approach, um, more time, more t chance to come to terms with it, to think about this, to receive the support you need to take control of your life and make decisions. Um, and then finally, currently, um, we're, we're having discussions with Anne UK, you know, the new uh, Association of Nephrology Nurses Association. We're talking with them and the Renal Association about possibly setting up a national working group to drive improvements in this area, both through working with GPs to identify people earlier, right the way through to working with low, is it, are they still called low clearance clinics or pre-dialysis clinics to try to make sure that the, that the experience that patients have is timely and properly managed and that patients are supported um, when you could argue their anxiety is at its, at its highest. So, yeah, a really important area and one that um, I intend the charity to do a lot more in moving forward. Certainly, I would say if you looked at our main policy themes, this would be in the top four that the charity believes we should be doing a lot more in. I'm really happy to hear about that because I, I really do believe prevention is better than cure. And if you can stop somebody you know, deteriorating and going down a really, really rough road, then... I'm all for it. So, yes, all the very best. And I'm happy to hear that. Thank you. During this COVID pandemic, what work are you doing with particularly vulnerable groups such as the BAME community? That's such a good question again, Dee. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the issue of inequalities at the moment across all health conditions and kidney is no exception is, is really something that everyone should be doing much, much more about. Um, the first thing I'd say, and it sounds like I'm avoiding your question, I'm not, and that's all our support is available to absolutely all kidney patients and their families. And we actually do monitor to make sure that our support is being used by all groups and in all areas of the UK. So if you take, for example, our patient grants, you know, we'll make sure that we're not just giving all our grants in one region or just in England or, or that there are no people from um, black and ethnic minority backgrounds. So we do monitor to make sure that we, we, we can spot if we're not doing uh, everything that we should do. Um, we know that the BAME community, which you mentioned specifically, that, you know, are more likely to get kidney disease, less likely to get a transplant and have worse reported outcomes of their health care. Um, and we have a number of projects underway uh, and we will be looking to expand them moving forward. Um, our hospital service improvement innovation grants programme are supporting a number of local projects. For example, there's one of local community awareness and testing amongst the BAME community in South London, um, uh, where we're working with one of the South London hospitals to try to take testing out to these communities with ambassadors from those communities. You know, um, we know that some from the BAME community don't engage with statutory health services, you know, as much uh, as, as maybe other. So let's take services out to the communities um, where we can raise awareness. We were instrumental in setting up the rare disease database, uh, which has a number of hard to reach groups which are established as you know, specialist groups on there. For example, there's one which is patients of African and Caribbean origin. Well, that allows us to create a, a group that then we can work with uh, and use um, ambassadors from that community to help us promote the message out to, to, to other patients. 
And then finally, I would say we've, we've literally just appointed a, a BAME advisor for Kidney Care UK. It's a gentleman called Amjed Ali, who is quite well known. Well, he is well known. Um, <laughs> and he was quite instrumental in the recent FATWA that was issued on round organ donation and um, transplantation. Uh, and he's come in to help us lead on the charity's work in this area and to ensure that our support is you know, both inclusive but and designed specifically to meet the needs of, of the BAME population uh, of these communities and to make sure that, that, that we're overcoming barriers that we know we need to if we need to get our message and support out to those communities. Um, but it's a great question, Dee, because tackling inequalities in kidney care is such an important area and we'll certainly once again I come back to being uh, it's a it's a real core theme for us in our f new five-year plan do I have all the answers no um, can I reassure you that tackling inequalities will be top of our agenda absolutely so say for the people from the bone community that are are listening now would they be able to contribute towards any ideas? Will there be any like questionnaires or anything going out that maybe people could um, answer, get in touch, and and say this is what we need? Oh yes, if you know, if if you're listening, please get in touch. I mean, the first thing we're doing is we're not arrogant enough to know we've got the answers and launching work. The first thing we're doing is a listening exercise. We want to talk um, to the communities, find out what they need what they think the issues are so if you can help uh, uh, please get in touch volunteer take part in a in a focus group where you can tell us why why services health and care services aren't meeting need uh, and what changes you'd like to see yeah phase one for us is very much a listening exercise d and we'd love to hear from anyone uh, who could help us you know get that message out to the BAME community. Thank you. I understand that the founder of Kidney Care UK, Elizabeth Ward, sadly passed away in September. I'm sure you'd agree that a lot of kidney warriors, kidney patients, have a lot to thank her for. Yes, yes, she was a, she was a one of a kind, Mrs Ward, and it was a, it was a very sad day, particularly for us at the charity uh, when she passed away. But of course, our thoughts primarily with her family and friends. Um, um, I don't know how much you know about Mrs. Ward, but I mean, she she was a mother of a, 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 a young son who got kidney disease uh, and she set up the charity, which I'm now lucky enough to now lead, way back in 1975. So for those of you who don't know what this amazing lady did, well, she was instrumental in setting up the donor card some may say she bullied the then Secretary of State. <laughs> um, as I said, she wasn't a lady who took no for an answer, was Mrs. Ward. And if it was to get a better life, first for her son and then for all kidney patients, she was going to damn well do whatever it took to make it happen. She also set up the first dialysis holiday centres in the UK. Um, before that, there weren't specialist holiday centres. She set up the very first one and staffed them with nurses. Um, and went on to do all sorts of, uh, 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 of projects supporting patients. Those two, you know, just, just to name, name, name two. Um, I guess the final example I'd give you is that uh, she, she was an amazing fundraiser because, of course, like all charities, if we don't have funds, we can't do 
that we can't provide the support we can. But just to give you an idea of, uh, of why Mrs. Ward was so unique a lady, when she held a fundraising event, uh, Placido Domingo gave a concert at the Royal Opera House. And when she held an auction, it was at Sotheby's and the Queen donated a lot. So, wow. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yes, she, uh, she made her mark. And I think it would be fair to say, and I could judge it by the number of lovely letters we've received and passed on to her family. There's an awful lot of people out there whose kidney journey has, has, has been hand in hand with Mrs. Ward, making real differences to how um, uh, kidney care is provided in the UK. And it's my job and everyone else who works for Kidney Care UK to make sure that we carry on that legacy she left us and we carry on her heritage um, to be um, to do everything we can to improve the quality of life for kidney patients. Yes. So in, in terms of her legacy and what she started with the charity, I'm aware that Kidney Care UK have advocates and Kidney Matters magazine and the Kidney Kitchen. What are you most proud of? Well, that's a very difficult question, Dee. Um, we also have patient grants, welfare support services, counselling and, and other ones as well. Um, you know, I don't think I can pick one area of support that's more important than another. Um, and I think that's because everyone is different with different challenges and different situations. And quality of life is often called a self-reported outcome for that very reason. Um, for, for, for one patient, it may be knowing that they can turn to the charity to help replace their broken cooker so they can put hot food on the table for their family is the most important thing in their life right now in terms of improving their, their quality of life and reducing their anxiety and stress. For another, it might be just to have a short holiday for the first time in years could make all the difference to their mental well-being. For another, it might simply be be able to talk to someone who has lived experience and has been through what they're going through. That might be the most important thing to them at that point in time in their kidney journey. Um, you know, for them, it might just be a little reassurance, advice and guidance and someone to talk to. Mm. Um, for the individual concerned, whatever the issue is that's most important to them is the one that... Uh, for that individual is the one that we should be trying to help if we can. So I promise you, I'm not trying to avoid your <laughs> question. It's a genuine question. I wouldn't want to name one. I'm proud of the range of support we provide. I want us to see us to do what we do more and better. And I want us to see develop new services so that we can be there for as many patients and tackle as many issues uh, uh, that, that they have in as many ways as possible. So I think it's that, you use the phrase holistic, I think it's the fact that they've got this comprehensive, uh, and we like to think that if you've got, you know, if we can help in any of these areas, then please just, just get in touch. Fantastic. What question do you wish I had asked you? Oh, um, well, I think you asked it because you threw in a, a uh, little supplementary question, which was about the BAME community and uh, uh, would we want to hear from people if they wanted to get in touch? And my question that I wish you'd asked me is, um, the question you would have asked me is, do I want patients, carers and families to get in touch? 
okay they want to know more about the charity or could help us in any way at all uh so my question would be that, that you could ask me which in a way you did would be yes uh, we would love people to get in touch if they could help the charity in any way at all fantastic and my final question is how can our listeners get in touch with you oh um as easy as send us an email uh there's an info at kidneycareuk.org they can send an email they can ring our switchboard we're just a telephone number away then you're going to ask me to remember the telephone number now, aren't you? <laughs> uh 01420 ring us up send us an email we've got social media channels facebook twitter um whatever in whatever way is easiest or you feel most comfortable with yeah please we'd love to hear from you thank you so much for joining me today and um for answering my questions and sharing about the amazing wide range of support that kidney care uk offer kidney warriors um the practical help financial support kidney matters magazine the kidney kitchen counseling and even more and i know that kidney care uk are making such a positive difference to countless people's lives myself included and i wanted to say the contact information again um the email address is um info at kidneycareuk.org um the telephone number is 01420-541424. The website is www.kidneycareuk.org. And Kidney Care UK is also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter. Um, so thank you so much, Paul, for sharing your time and this information with me and our listeners. Thank you. Dee, thank you very much for inviting me and thank you for all the work you do uh, raising awareness of kidney disease and, and, and supporting patients. Uh, uh, it, it was a pleasure to come on and talk with you. Thank you for listening to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. And don't forget that you can contact me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Please do subscribe to the podcast and please do tell a friend. The next episode of this podcast will be released on Friday and will be the first part of a three-part Warrior Women Stories series. Until next time, take care and choose to live. Diary of a Kitty Warrior. Sharing faith, knowledge, hope and love. Thank <laughs> you.